This episode of Speak Easy Black Renaissance Podcast is dedicated to my first goddaughter, Eva Rain Poe, who is celebrating her sixth birthday today. Eva, everything I do in life is so you and people that look like you can live in a better world. My prayer for you on your sixth birthday is that God continues to be with you and watch over you through every minute and every second and every hour throughout all of your days. God bless you, God keep you, and your Godfather loves you always. Happy birthday, princess. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Mic check, one, two, one, two. Can y'all hear me? Yes, sir. Coming through. Yes. Speak Easy, Black Renaissance Podcast, Episode 9, The White Devil. Let's get into it. Oh. I'm from the murder capital where we murder for capital. So you niggas changed your attitude for they asking what happened to you. Lord forgive him, he got them dark forces in him. But he also got a righteous cause for sending them a murder me. So I gotta murder them first. Emergency, doctors performing procedures. Jesus, I ain't trying to be facetious. But vengeance is mine, said the Lord. You said it better than all. Leave niggas on death's door. Breathing off respirators for killing my best boy. Haters, on permanent high haters as I skate in the Maybach bins. Fly this Bumping brown sugar by D'Angelo In Los Angeles Like an evangelist I can introduce you to your maker Bring you closer to nature Ashes after they cremate you bastards Hope you've been reading your songs and chapters Paying your tithes, being good Catholics I'm coming Lucifer done of the morning I'm gonna chase you out of earth from the murder capital, will he murder for capital? Better behave, you dealing with some rich niggas We the lost symbols speaking cryptic codes Ancient wisdom, valuable like gifts of gold I go to the grave before I be a bitch nigga Better behave, you dealing with some rich niggas Started in the ghetto, now we worldwide Multiplying and I pray to God we never die I go to the grave before I be a bitch nigga Better behave, you dealing with some rich niggas Started in the ghetto, now we worldwide Multiplying and I pray to God we never die Niggas couldn't do nothing with me, they put the devil on me How the preferred niggas squeeze the metal on me Rumors of Lucifer, I don't know who to trust Whole world want my demise, turn the music up Hear me clearly, if y'all niggas fear me, just say y'all fear me Fuck all these fairy tales, go to hell, this is God engineering This is a Hail Mary pass, y'all interfering He without sin shall cast the first stone So y'all look in the mirror, double check y'all parents Bitch, I said I was amazing not that I'm a mason, it's amazing that I made it through the maze that I was in Lord forgive me, I never would have made it without sin Holy water, my face in the basin Diamonds in my rose, if he shows he forgave him Bitch, I'm red hot I'm on my third six, but a devil I'm not My Jesus peace flooded, but thou should not cover Keep your eyes on my covet, I'm a bad motherfucker's hope Just say you love me Everybody, 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 everybody
fear My flesh, no nigga could test My soul is possessed by the evils In the form of diamonds and lexuses The exorcist got me doing sticks Like homie, you don't know me But the whole world owe me strip Was thought to be a pleasant guy all my fucking life So now I'm down for whatever Ain't nothing nice Throughout my junior high years It was all friendly But now this higher learning Got the Remy in me Lick goes invaded my kidneys Got me ready to lick off Mama, forgive me I can't be held accountable The evil's beating me down, boo Got me running with guys Making G's Telling lies that sound true Come test me I never cower For the love of money, son I'm giving lead showers Stop screaming You know the demon said It's best to die And even if Jehovah witness bear, He'll never testify The evil Folks, welcome. Speak easy. Black Renaissance Podcast, Episode 9, The White Devil. Chris JB, what's going on? I'm from the murder capital, where they murder for capital. Oh, man. How much does that mean? (laughs) How much does that mean after what we learned about Trump's acquittal? Oh, whoa. Oh, oh. I know we're going to chop it up later. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're going to chop that up later. Yeah, the devil definitely had his day yesterday. Yeah, we're going to get into that. Um, But first and foremost, how you doing, good brother? How you feeling on this morning? Feeling well. I'm feeling well. Feeling great. Feeling well. Episode 9, we here. We made it. We made it. Just you and me today, man. If they ain't cancel us yet, I don't know. This might be the one to do it. This might be the one to do it. They got, oh, Quadri talking about the white devil. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-oh. This going to do it. This going to do it, man. But listen, we, of course, like always, we going to handle this conversation with nuance. We are not promoting hate speech. We are promoting sound, intellectual, religious, and political discourse and having difficult yet necessary conversations. Let's highlight that. We are not promoting hate speech. I want to highlight that. not promoting hate speech by any stretch of the imagination at all. And if you listen carefully, that will be made abundantly clear. But see, I'm I'm thankful for the listenership of Speakeasy because our folks seem to be very sophisticated with their ear. I feel the love. I know you do. Facts. Facts, for real like we couldn't do this without them we couldn't do this without them we love an audience man for real but yo man before we get into the heavy stuff brother uh let's talk about oh this song selection today we got the uh the legendary sean carter you love jay-z don't you kim yeah man yeah see yeah yeah jay-z the goat yeah, Jay Z the goat. Jay Z is the goat. Uh, oh, here, here's what I'll say. I'll say Jay Z is definitely my goat. Um, mm. And by goat, come on, I mean just like look at look at the man's resume as far yeah. as a hip hop icon, right? I, I don't think yeah. it's even close at this point. The only uh, hip hop personality that even rivals him, kind of, as an artist, is Dr. Dre. Mm. But no primary rapper. No. Like, resume-wise, like, it's not even close. As a rapper, no, no. And look at that. It kind of goes hand in hand. You, ha- you have the beat maker and you have the rapper. Yeah. So the fact that you put them in the same, it's it's fitting. Yeah. It's fitting. Definitely the GOAT in that regard. Um, mm-hmm. And here's the thing that we, we've spoken about as well, too. Um, rapper versus lyricist. Ah, so you got my guy. Go go ahead and introduce my guy. No, no, wait. Here, here's what I'll <laughs> say about Jay-Z first, because it's always this is always going to happen, especially like with people within our age range, right? When you're talking about hip-hop, um, you Jay-Z, Nas is going to get bought up eventually. Yes. Episode four, by the way, um, people. Episode four, if you want to go back. This is no, where that, we intro. That, no, was, that episode was episode four? three. Nigga, please. Oh, nigga, please. I'm sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, nigga, please. Yeah, that's when we got into I'm the bugging. King of New York. Sorry, debate, ladies right? and gentlemen. 
episode yeah, yeah. three. But it, it's inevitable, right? Like Jay Z comes up, Nas is going to be brought up eventually. Nas is brought up, Jay is going to be brought up eventually, and rightfully so, right? Because like these are the legends, like real talk. And I think a hundred years from now, because it's like the influence of hip hop is only growing and spreading on a global yes. level, right? So assuming that humanity survives another hundred or so years, I think it's not a stretch to say anthropologists are going to look back at our time and look to people like Jay-Z and Nas as cultural icons that were putting words to the lived experiences of how yeah. we were feeling, they, how they we were are interacting with each other. They like, are yeah, they, these are, they're, 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 they're mouthpieces for the culture. Yes. Griots almost. Yes. You know, like the, the Renaissance men, right? Um, and, and particularly the way they're using their words. These are the best. Like they they're they're the the pinnacle of it, right? Uh but if we we comparing people of this legendary caliber, um we got a nitpick, right? Yes. So I think a conversation that you and I have had um recently is I think Jay-Z is a better rapper than he is a lyricist, right? And by rapper I'm talking about then... a MC's ability to essentially talk slang in slick rhythmic ways to beats they're essentially trendsetters and they do it in such creative ways with slang with you know um our subcultures vernacular i think jay is a better rapper than a lyricist because i think jay is the best rapper of all time and what okay. i mean by that is the mc's ability to talk everything slang, right mm -hmm. in a cool trendy way mm-hmm in creative ways to the beat. Yeah, I think he's done that in so many different ways, in such masterful ways. Um, where and his and then also when you're talking about rapper, you're talking about the, his ability to put like a whole album, a whole song, a whole culture, a whole mood mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then set the tone for a culture. And set the tone. And a mood. Yes. Like, mm -hmm. Yo, like real talk, I mean, DOA ended T-Pain's career. So, <laughs> I, I, Just the title alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you have so my like, I'm, I'm waiting for 444 to really catch on. Mm -hmm. uh, but we digress. So, like, I think Jay is the best rapper of all time with his slick speech and his cadences and his breath control and his ability to talk cool trendy um subculture language right mm -hmm. i think Nas is a better lyricist than he is a rapper and at the same time i think both of them are both brilliant rappers and brilliant lyricists right but if we're nitpicking i think um i think uh most hip-hop aficionados would say that Nas is the superior lyricist. Yes, I agree with that. Um, it makes me happy that you say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th that I, I think most hip hop aficionados would agree with that. I don't necessarily think that's true. And I think with these tracks that we listen to today, I think uh, Jay Z was flexing lyrically, right? Like, but then lyrically, it, like, and li lyrically, what I mean is his ability to do complex things with word technicalities in the English language. Yeah. But we're and not saying he, that. I don't think in, in real talk, I don't think he does that as well as Nas. Okay, there you go. However, when you consider his superior use of metaphors and symbolism, I think Jay got Nas beat there. And that's where I think Jay's got almost everyone beat. Like, like let's let's look at that that, that last verse on D Evils. Like that last line in and of itself. Stop screaming. You know the demon say it is best to die. 
But even if Jehovah Witness bet he'll never testify, come on, man. Like, what the hell? He's wilding. He's wilding. Yeah. And it's like, yes, the wordplay and the technicalities were very good. But to talk about criminal extortion to the point you've been possessed by Satan so much that you're willing to extort God himself. Mm-hmm. Like that type of imagery. When you're talking about mafioso drug dealing rap, I'm like, yo, bro. Yeah, this is different. Yes. Like, that shit was really dark. Yes. Yes. I mean, you, you said that perfect. You said that perfect, and, and, and nothing really to add there. But no, nobody. Just, and just to put this on record, Jay Z is a great lyricist. Mm-hmm. He is great. Mm-hmm. But but then again, we're nitpicking, mm-hmm. so we're gonna go and nitpick. Yeah. And without going into it further, because I know we're focusing on Jay Z right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know you, Guadre. Mm-hmm. I know I can count five songs where Nas can top that one line. I know you don't agree. We could get into it a little later, but no, no. I I think so. What's the line that I think Nas can't top from that song? Um, we didn't play it, but the because I think the third verse was more um, necessary okay. when we get into the conversation about the symbol of Satan, right? Mm-hmm. But the second verse, when he's talking about extorting the baby's mother of his drug dealing rival, right? He said, um, how'd the line go? Uh, we used to fight for building blocks. Now we fight for blocks for building, make a killing. The closest of friends we first started, we grew apart as the money grew, so grew black party. Here we go. Thinking back when we first learned to use rubbers, he never learned. So in turn, I'm kidnapping this baby's mother. My hand around the collar, feeding the keys. Here we go. She said the t- all right. So he's the, in this like the imagery and the metaphors that he mm. uses. This go is what I'm saying. I that. think Nas go got him that. beat. She said the taste of dollars was shitty, so I fed, I fed the fifties. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. I think Nas got J-beat when you talk about the technical um, syllables and breakdowns with the words and how he puts those together in complex ways. I think Nas got everyone beat there. Mm -hmm. But where Jay is maybe not as great as Nas in that regard, when you combine that with his metaphor and imagery, she said the taste of dollars was shitty so i fed her 50s about his whereabouts i wasn't convinced i kept feeding her money until her shit started to make sense what the fuck is anybody gonna do with that <laughs> like come on and, and and i think another thing is like where J, where nas has jay beat is that nas came out the gate rapping with like that elite level of lyricism yeah jay-z did not have that when he first started rapping he did it because i think as a and this is like we we've gotten into this with the nods too i think cover to cover like lyrically nothing has surpassed illmatic and i don't think anything will like it, it's the like lyrically that album was flawless like you said coming out the gate right first word to last word cover yeah to cover right and it's like I think you can make the same argument for reasonable doubt. Jay-Z was rapping like, I think, almost eight years by the time he came out with reasonable doubt. Mm. So I think that's the argument in favor for Nas. Uh, I think a longer argument that we probably don't have time to get to is I think Jay-Z sustained that level of greatness for a longer trajectory and still doing it. Uh, like with this recent, yo, like what he just did with this track with Nipsey. Like that was wild. Bro, if, you, if you ain't hear that verse on the, on the new Nipsey track, uh, this is what I heard like. it. I heard it, but he I feel like we're not being fair to Nas right now. We're talking about Jay-Z, and I don't want to prolong this conversation, but, like, Nas's last um, project, how many lyrics can we spit from that that can top what he said? But I, I, I know, we're getting off topic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, you know. 
Like you said, a, a forever, a, a forever debate. <laughs> forever debate. Yeah, this is gonna be going on for hundreds of years. And, and I see that. And like on on a serious tip, like for the for the purpose of um, talking about black culture, these icons, like these are the conversations that are going to be had and should be being had for the next hundred years. Yes. Like they're worthy of that level of recognition. Real shit. And um, before we go super off topic, let, let's let's focus on the like the the devil theme. And yes, our within Jay music, right? Because Jay-Z's all three music, of yes. those songs, from Lucifer to Freemason to The Evils, which is the play on the word devil, right? This has been a constant theme in his music for years now. Going back to Reasonable Doubt, the Black Album was 2003. Freemason was made with Rick Ross in 2008. Um, you know, I, so like th- th- this is a constant theme in his music, and it's mm-hmm. often tied to dealing with um, the idea of materialism being lifted up as a cultural value and a cultural aspiration for black people and i think that has all to do with obviously the fact like we we've spoken about it throughout this season right of the intent for black people coming to america was for us to be property Mm -hmm. so then when a part of us aspiring for freedom after being owned we want to own shit Mm. and rightfully so but when it comes to a point where we start obsessing over possessions, then I think that's when it becomes demonic. And Jay-Z has been dealing with that theme in his raps and in his music. Yeah. Let's for not forget years about now, the, let's for not years. Forget, let's not forget about the trauma when we weren't allowed to have possessions. Mm, mm, mm. I read this book when I was in grad school. Uh, actually, I got it right over here. Because, you know, we can't talk about something as controversial as the white devil and not give book plugs just to let people know we're not making shit up. Right. Um, It all means something full circle. Out of the house of bondage, the transformation of the plantation household by Thavolia Glymph, a scholar um, out of Duke University. She writes this book talking about the complex relationship between black women as chattel slave as chattel slaves and white women as domestic mistresses in the southern plantation culture and then the way that these dynamics evolve after emancipation and one of the first thing that black women did according to glimpf after emancipation is go back and buy some of the hand-me-down dresses of their former mistresses because it's like now we get a chance to own something of value after generations of literally being owned Mm. so it's like in owning property we are defying the assumption that we were meant to be owned Mm. we are and it's like slavery is satan Mm -hmm. right like slavery is the real devil Mm -hmm. but you can easily see how over glorification and overvaluing of the material can become that as well. Cause it's one thing for us wanting to have nice things. Mm-hmm. It's another thing making the obsession of nice things. Mm-hmm. Which is what ultimate purpose. Yeah, Jay has been dealing with that in his raps for decades now. And it's brilliant. Yes, yes. Brilliant. So then let's talk about Jay-Z as the quote unquote devil worshiper. Yeah, yo, like, yeah, th- th- those rumors always pop up with him and Beyonce, right? Like that they mm-hmm. worship Satan or 
They're devil worshippers. Like I remember when their uh, first daughter was born, it was like, oh, blue. That's a satanic color, or mm. like, oh, it was oh, for the number four is mm-hmm. all types. Of, and then people start these weird things, putting all types of stuff on the internet, like they're worshiping the devil. And it's like, I think one, he flat out came out and denied that on a song like Freemason, right? He always designs it though in mm-hmm. several of his songs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like part of that is like low key where I think where Jay Z could be an underrated lyricist is because I think his lyricism often comes out more with his metaphors and symbols as opposed to his, not that he can't do this, but as opposed to his complex wordplay. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes it can go over people's heads. Yes. So it's like when he's talking in detail about the devil in his raps, I don't think I don't think it's a stretch to say he's not literally talking about a a red guy with horns and a pitchfork mm. sitting under the earth somewhere, literally mm-hmm. scheming, like twiddling their thumbs to get you to do bad things. Mm. But I think if we're operating within a frankly a primitive religious consciousness that's where we can go with it. And it's crazy because I remember being an undergrad at Pace and I saw this white girl give a speech about this song, D Evils. Like it was in our uh, public speaking class. She mm-hmm. gave this speech about this very song, D Evils, mm-hmm. and how Jay Z's in the Illuminati and he's a devil worshiper um, because of this song, D Evils. Like this is definitive evidence and proof, right? That he worships the devil. And I'm like, sis. He's talking about black people selling poison to ourselves mm-hmm. because we are obsessed with fa- flashy cars and clothes as a byproduct of us being meant to be property when we were brought here originally. Right. And you saying he worshiped the devil? What the fuck is wrong with you? Like, y'all want black people to be devils so bad. <laughs> y'all want everything about us to be demonic so bad. You are missing this great artistic expression of the evil that y'all have perpetuated on us. <laughs> Talk about missing the goddamn forest for the tree. But y'all want black people to be devils so bad. Perfect segue for um, this episode. Are, are white people are the actual devils? Okay, so the, all right, so boom. This is the shit that this is the clickbait that they're gonna try to cancel me for. Mm-hmm. This is the clickbait that they're gonna try to cancel me for, right? But I, let, let's be very perfectly clear. Yes. Like here we go. If you don't take anything away from this episode, listen, listen to, to this me part. very clearly. <laughs> I do not believe there is a such thing as a literal devil. I do not believe in a red guy with a pitchfork sitting anywhere that is trying to torment people. I, I don't. I don't. So I can't say that white people or any people are that because I literally do not think that exists. Yes. I don't. So no, I do not think white people are literal devils. Here's what I will say. This is the importance of having being able to have conversations about religion with intelligence and nuance god is literally the most complex idea humanity has ever come up with Mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to talk about so somewhere in the development of human history people start talking about that 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 feeling we get so let's talk specifically about black people and black people within the context of chattel slavery that feeling we get when we feel completion when we feel ultimate fulfillment when we can even imagine it or taste it just a little bit when we get glimpses of that having that sustained 
whatever that is for you. Talking about that is very complicated. So people talk about it in mythological ways. They talk about it in stories and legends and poems, <laughs> in raps, <laughs> you know, in mythology, Symbolism. right? And it's symbol, it's symbol. And God has become, and God is the ultimate religious symbol mm -hmm. for what number, it means for humans to be completely fulfilled. Number one. The number one symbol. Go back to episode six to hear a detailed discussion about that, faith in the darkness. The number one symbol in religion is God. The number two symbol is Satan. Yes. The symbol of everything that's antithetical, everything that goes against, everything that defies that ultimate completion. So mm. the symbol of Satan is everything that's nasty and everything that's ugly and everything that feels bad about what officer. it means to be human. All of those insecurities that sometimes make us ashamed to look at ourselves in the mirror, mm -hmm. that make us want to do and think and feel evil and nasty things about other people. Like you lump all of that shit together yeah. and you get the mythological personification of it that we call Satan, yes. that we call the devil. So one and two, put them together, complete opposites of each other. Mm -hmm. and, it's and, we, like, and, we, and we use the number two symbol to prop up the number one symbol in God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Chris, can you can you speak to our listeners a little bit more about um, that number two symbol, that, that Satan symbol, right? Because we, we are going to get back to, well, look, maybe before I ask you this question, what I'll say is uh, like the question of white people being devils. Again, mm -hmm. I do not believe any person at all, including all white people are literal devils because I do not believe that a literal devil exists. I think Satan is the number two most important religious symbol behind God. And that symbol is a mythological symbolic personification of all of the nasty, ugly, evil, destructive things about humanity and even nature lumped up into one as a symbol. That's what I think that the devil is. And I think it's historically informed. I think I think it's theologically informed. I think it's politically informed. I think it's irresponsible for us not to understand that this idea of and this manifestation and this acting on what we know to be whiteness as a cultural symbol, as a political symbol, as a religious symbol, as a societal symbol, whiteness, everything we understand whiteness to be on reasonable terms is absolutely satanic. Like this is the source of almost all of our problems as humans, or it's, it's part of almost all of our problems as humans. And if we get rid of that, oh yeah, we will be so much closer to that ultimate fulfillment that we call God. Yeah. And that's not saying exterminate white people, right? Mm -hmm. That's saying what we as a people, what we collectively as humanity understand to be whiteness the way we live based on that understanding we got to get the fuck rid of it immediately it's not doing anyone any anyone good yeah and it's like it's interesting because like this podcast episode was based on a blog post that i did a few years ago while i was a student at yale divinity put in the plug put in the plug yeah yeah go back and read that uh podcast uh read that blog post it's called you can find it on the modern duke ellington.com it's called uh malcolm x and white devils um, 
And it's Malcolm X was another person, especially after he broke away from the fundamentalist ideology that, you know, uses the symbol of Satan and literally says white people are devils. That's things that you find, like, frankly, in the Morris Science Temple, that you found in the Nation of Islam, that you find in some sects of the Hebrew Israelites literal people having a literal frankly primitive religious consciousness about the symbol of satan yes and thinking white people are literally that malcolm x broke away from that ideology in his later years and still continued to use the symbol of satan for what we understand to be whiteness and how people live based on that mm -hmm. like the social segregation and not even just like because i don't think the immediate solution is we all need to be living together but like there is a clear distinction of quality of living in white neighborhoods versus everyone else's neighborhoods yes there is a clear distinction in the quality of food provided in white neighborhoods than every other neighborhoods. And I'm not talking about levels of seasoning because we know people of color got the bomb ass seasonings. Our shit be flavorful <laughs> and it tastes the bomb. Like you know how to cook the best, like obviously. <laughs> Right. But no, I'm talking about why we got to travel 20 and 30 minutes to get to a Whole Foods, you know, to get, you know, the best quality produce and things like that. Yeah. Um, things Which is like why. that are how we live based on whiteness. Yeah. Which is why that myth, and this is something you said, actually, which is why that myth has been so significant for many Black people and certain things that emerge out of it will always be important. Yeah. And, and, and that's just what it is, because it's like the idea of white people being devils is deeply rooted in this myth of Yakub, which is a pivotal part of a lot of Nation of Islam theology, right? I think the best place to read, like, and this is the thing, like a lot of black people, um, we often look at Malcolm X's autobiography as a historical source. And another book worse, plug, another book plug. Yes, read the autobiography of Malcolm X with the understanding that, and again, like, I'd rather you read the, watch the movie first, then read the book, the autobiography of Malcolm X, and have the understanding that those things, that's more legend and myth than actual history. For a historian's take on Malcolm X's life, um, another book plug, um, the re-intervention of the re, uh, let me go, I got it in the library, hold on. Here we go. Manning Marble, Malcolm X, A Life of Reinvention. Again, other book plug. Malcolm X, A Life of Reinvention, Manning Marble. You trying to get a historical take on Malcolm X's life? This legendary historian, Manning Marble, put his heart, soul, and blood into this book. Brother literally died writing this book. That's how much passion he put behind these words. Um, and again, I think one of the arguments that he makes is the way Malcolm told his story in his autobiography, which eventually was turned into the Spike Lee film, was with the intent of creating a myth for us to continue to keep his legend alive because he had something to offer us as a people. And yeah, part of that message was this idea of whiteness, what we understand to be whiteness and how we live as people based on it. Yes, that that that's satanic, that's the devil. Absolutely, that's the devil. That's part of all of the nasty, ugly, destructive things about humanity. The way we live based on people having lighter skin than us. Yeah, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. This is off the chain. There's definitely a greater focus to the second symbol, 
the devil when it comes to that. And it's like we, unfortunately, when we think of everything that has happened in the world, it's been a focus on a certain group of people. And that certain group of people, unfortunately, they're, they're white. And see, and that's just it, right? It's like when you think about it's other things that we speak about in the blog post briefly, but it's pretty, I think, obvious with the relatively conscious understanding of global history. All of the major human-caused catastrophes of the last hundred or so years has been a direct product of whiteness, right? Let, let's less? start with the premise of this podcast, right? Yeah. Black people, mostly from Western Africa, were deliberately snatched from our indigenous land with the intent of being made property mm -hmm. so that lighter skinned people from Europe could make money. Yeah. Like this is the epitome of the symbol of Satan. Everything yes. nasty about what it means to be human came alive through the institution of chattel slavery. And we are still living in the aftermath of this fact. If that's not Satan, I don't know what is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, what else could you say? So it's like, and, that, and it's like anti-blackness is Satan. Cause it's like anything that's anti-black, that's against blackness. Blackness as black people determining our own spiritual, our own social, our own political destiny on our own terms. Anything that's against that is anti-black. And anything that's anti-black is the devil. And is anything more anti-black than what we understand whiteness to be? Right? Like, and I'm talking specifically about how society lives, breathes, and functions based on what we understand whiteness to be. Like, this has been at the center of every social catastrophe of the Western world, starting with chattel slavery, going into all of the Latin American revolutions, including the Haitian Revolution, mm -hmm. including the what we call the American Revolution. Mm -hmm. The Civil War, yep. Reconstruction and the rise of the Ku Klux Klan, the riot on the Capitol, the acquittal of Donald Trump, like World War II, 9-11, mm. like whiteness is at the center of all of these catastrophes. Yes. And it's like, this is how society, this is how the world functions, breathes, and moves based on an understanding that white people can do and say whatever the fuck they want and no one really checks them. Right. Like this is a basic understanding of the world. Yes. If and that's then, not Satan, I don't know what is. Yeah. And then you could put it this way too. When the basic understanding of the world, right? Which is white is anti-black. Mm -hmm. And that basic understanding of the world decides to combat that basic understanding. We call them what white allies. It's like even like when there is a fight against the basic understanding of the world, there's still like an ally. Like you're titled. Yeah. You're titled. Right. So th like, that just goes to show you. Yeah, man. And, and it's like I completely understand that the 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 title of, you know, like it, it's inflammatory speech. Like the idea of associating whiteness with the demonic, white people with the devil. It's inflammatory and it's incendiary. At this point though, it's like not having that understanding is detrimental to the survival and the thriving of black people, mm -hmm. right? Because like, yo, it's getting to the point that our lives are on the line and it's like, it, let's just think about this like concretely for our current political state, right? What we saw on January 6th, 
for all practical purposes. And it's like, this is not hyperbole. This is not exaggeration. One, revisit, main theme. I don't think the devil actually exists, like mm -hmm. as a literal thing. Satan is a personification. It's a mythological symbol. It's the most powerful religious symbol we have to understand what humanity is capable of if we allow our nasty, ugly, bad urges to take over. Satan is the mythological personification of that. Mm -hmm. Like this is what happens when you allow those nasty feelings that you have, that we all have, to dominate. And yeah, whiteness is that in our world, mm -hmm. concretely. And we need to fight against that, right? Case in point, what we saw on January 6th, for all practical purposes, was a Klan rally. Like the evidence that they, yo, and it's like Stacy Plackett yep. did an excellent job. Like that black woman from Brooklyn. Yeah. You put on, sis. Yeah. You put Everybody on. Everybody go and look up Stacey Plack. She definitely, she definitely exposed herself with, with her great performance. And like real talk, yo, we, we got to start talking about protecting her. Because she went in front of the nation and put the Klan on trial. It's exactly what she did. And the evidence was compelling. The point is, anyone that was paying attention knew the Republicans were not going to convict Trump. Yeah, that We knew that. And it's like, we, we got to stop. And see, and this is what we're talking about. Understanding whiteness is Satan because the constitution in and of itself was a document written in the assumption that we were meant to be property. Like that's the fact. And like we, we put amendments on it. We try to update it and things like that. But the fact of the matter is the constitution as a document is rooted in the intellectual assumption that black people are inferior and supposed to be property, right? So it's like the constitution to some degree is always going to protect and privilege whiteness. Yes. That goes so, back yeah, to Trump, another episode. Trump, Trump getting off was duh. Like you knew those Republicans were not going to vote to convict him for that. Yep. For that participating in gaslighting that Klan rally. You knew he wasn't going to get, come on, you knew. You knew what time it was. Yeah, we knew that. We knew that. And just to go with my theme of full circle with, with, the, with, um, with our episodes is we spoke about the only way this ever changes is changing the constitution in the previous mm -hmm. episode. Yeah. And, and, and I think... The, the, what this trial showed us I, it at least was a reconfirmation of that idea for me because what I'm more concerned about is the danger of the precedent that it sets like the devil definitely won yesterday because it's like well we got to remember we was talking about all of the public catastrophes that have happened in the western world been a product of whiteness right the clear correlation I think between what's happening now is what we saw in Nazi Germany and like we got to yes. understand that did not happen overnight Adolf Hitler was democratically elected yeah. by desperate people that brought into propaganda, right? Yeah. The same happens. way Donald Trump was democratically elected. Yeah. And even if, yes, he lost the popular vote both times, the bottom line is our political system, which is based on the Constitution, made way for Donald Trump to be democratically elected through the Electoral College, albeit, and become president based on propaganda and desperate people. Mm -hmm. And now him being acquitted for participating in a Klan rally at the center, at the central political symbol of government. You mean Satan was dancing 
Like, let's use religious symbolism here. Satan was dancing on the Capitol building of the highest political symbol of democracy. And he's tweeting or putting it out there, not tweeting, because I think they banned him from Twitter. I, I can't remember. That he's far from done. He just got acquitted. He got a welcome home party. Like... Y'all, Satan is dancing on the Capitol. And you still want us to have hope in this political system? No, the whole thing gotta go. Like the devil, like, like we gotta stop, we gotta stop entertaining the devil. And any document that's going to protect whiteness to the extent that the constitution just did, this ain't it, bro. This ain't it. That's the devil. Speak to him, Q. Speak to him. I don't know, man. It's just like, it's a real bleak situation. I know that. Again, I think because they always going to slay me for this as well. Like, one, I'm not promoting hate speech and I'm not promoting, uh, I'm not really but can, entertaining. But then again, let's focus on that. We are not putting hate speech. We are not. Now I'm promoting black consciousness. It's episode five. <laughs> Oh man. Shout out to Imani Lawrence too. Uh sister Hotep Slayer. Uh she just celebrated a birthday. February gang. February gang. Where are the February babies at? Yes, sir. Yeah, but no, no, we 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 not uh promoting hate speech. Um, this is black consciousness. And this real talk understanding that for me, I never really in my adult life needed to believe in a literal devil sitting somewhere with a red pitchfork and horns. Like because it's like, yo, we see the devil every single day. And and, and again, it's not individual white people. I'm not saying white people are out here possessed by spirits or even that white people wake up every single day with the intent to do black people harm some of them clearly do you saw no march on the capitol on the sixth but it's That's more so saying. but it's more right, so right. Like, we're not even talking about them right yeah i'm talking about the ways in which we practically and concretely practice real life based on the understanding that white people are more valuable to the world. Yes. It's a, I was just about to say That's that. That's the it's devil. Not, yeah, it's not individual white people. It's more so the system. The All systematic of the systems. <laughs> All of them. Like, that's literally the devil. Like, I don't got time to be believing or see, I don't want to say that because it's like, I'm not trying to be dismissive of what anyone feels, thinks or believes with their religious trajectory. Right. And again, we didn't, I still want to revisit that about your upbringing and your church in Haiti. We got time and how they use the devil. But for me, it's like the symbol makes sense for me because I see it concretely playing out in real life. I was like, oh, this is what you mean when the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. I see it, Lord. This is it. Okay. It's like the way we are actually living and going through and navigating life based on this common understanding that white people are supposed to be in one place of superiority and everyone else is not and black people are really supposed to be at the bottom yeah I, I can't like that that's the devil and anything that's going to promote that idea and understanding and that way of living yeah that's the devil and and i'm like I, i'm on some get behind me satan like i don't even i can't even i'm not even trying to entertain you like you you can't even be around me son mm. You can't even be around me. Let's hold on to that. So, Chris, talk to us a little bit about um, like revisiting this idea of Satan being the most important symbol in religion after God. What was your experience with the symbol of Satan growing up in your Haitian American background? You see, you do this for a reason, Q. You can't even be around me. There is a, a common theme in most Haitian households. And again, I don't speak for everybody, where it says, l'école, l'église, la caille. And that directly 
translates to church. I'm sorry, school, church, home. So when you say you can't even be around me, what our parents tried to instill was if you're focusing on going to school, going to church and staying home, you can't even be around me. So that second symbol was heavy in most Haitian households because, and what I said earlier about propping up God, we use that second symbol heavily to prop up God and to make sure the devil is never around us. I know most most of my zoes would agree with that. And see, and that's what I'm saying. Like, see, I, I I fuck with that type of shit, man. Like, real talk. Like, real talk. Like, I'm like, yo, that negative shit. I'm, I'm not, even, yo, fam. I'm not even with it. I'm trying to thrive, fam. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm I'm talking about none of it. None of it. I'm not trying to play y'all games. I'm not trying to do y'all bickering. I'm literally just trying to live and live life abundantly. I'm trying to like how you said like I'm trying to take care of school. Let's let's do a cue. L'école. L'école. L'église. L'église. La caille. La caille. Uh -huh. School. School. Church. Church. Home. Home. That's yo Home. like that. <laughs> that's all like that ass. That's it. That's what we trying to do. And like the fucked up part about this demonic thing is this whiteness. The way we got the world set up on this understanding, on this belief that white people are better is preventing us from taking care of school, church, and home. Did I get the order right? No, it's um, school. School. Church. Church. Home. School, church, home. Right. <laughs> Y'all gonna help. I'm gonna have to practice that a little more. But the point is, this whiteness shit is preventing us from taking care of that. Like, let's talk about school. Let's talk about the school to prison pipeline. Like, real talk. Let's talk about white theology still dominating black churches. And then, I mean, home. Like, come on. Like, prison industrial complex. We talk about crack cocaine. We can talk all, all, all time. Listen, y'all been... And that's the thing. It's like, taking it back to the start. Yo, black people weren't afforded to have nuclear families during chattel slavery. Like, and, and it's like, yeah, you, we can't just dismiss that. Like, we are living in the aftermath of that. Like, for real. So, so it's just like the simple act, the free act of taking care of our homes has been disrupted historically and still being stifled by all of these systems rooted in whiteness. Like, yeah, yeah, that's the devil. That's the devil. And again, that does not mean individual white people are demons or individual white people are possessed by devils. No, it means what humanity has made it mean to be white comes at the expense of everyone else that's not white. So like what, what we understand to be white privilege and it's like if anyone thinks that there's no such thing as white privilege anymore, you're stupid. And this is the I'll... first time you've called and I and I know like it's go yeah, like very rarely do I come out and call people stupid. But if you thinking white privilege is not a thing, or even the thing in this world like yo guys gals so so cute people, talking about symbols folks. yeah whiteness is the symbol of the demonic like come on talking about symbols right it why why can't this be for those white people on the fence why can't january 6 be their symbol as to there's no denying white privilege Yo, but I'm sorry, not 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 January 6th, more so the acquittal of Donald Trump. That, that should be your symbol that we're not making this stuff up. <laughs> but you know, they still go like, still, I, I'm still, they still gonna try to cancel me for calling white people devils. And that's the thing, they're gonna, they gonna, they gonna, they gonna be just like that girl. That's because they're not listening back, back in the uh, pub in, in, in the wild in the communications class, public speaking, you missing everything. Because we don't promote hate speech, right. folks. Right. We do not promote hate speech. You know, white devils. 
the white devil. It is what it is, folks. And, and it's like, it's getting to the point where not understanding whiteness as demonic and not understanding whiteness as saying, like, I know it's it, this makes people uncomfortable. Malcolm knew it made people uncomfortable too. And he kept talking about it because it's like not talking about it. We see where this gotten us nowhere fast. So yeah, we got to talk about it. Like this white shit, the, like the way we are moving, the way we are operating based on this whiteness. Yeah, that's the devil. That's the one we need to be saying, get behind me, say, into that's the one we need to be praying to exercise away that's the one we need to be slinging oil and going to the altar for real talk burning sage to get that shit out of our homes out of our schools out of our churches yeah we can't have it mm -mm, not today satan not tomorrow either you know i'm making it happen. i'm like yo satan you can't even yo block me like like block me satan <laughs> what'd you say you can't even be around me facts not in my school not in that's, my home that's gonna be a part of my caption not in my church. You are block me, Satan. <laughs> Chris, you got anything else for the people? They call Ligley's like I. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let you have the last word on that one. Folks, thank you again for tuning in to Speak Easy Black Renaissance Podcast. I'm your host, Quadri P. Harris, aka the Modern Duke Ellington. And I was joined today by one of my closest friends, the legendary Chris JB. The legendary? Uh, what? The, yeah, yeah. We, 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 we elevating you into legendary status. Now, listen, the fact that we haven't been canceled yet, like, because you know, they all they're going to say is, oh, we was calling white people devils. Like, come on, man. You, so the you fact that listen. we're not canceled yet. I think we 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 are elevated uh into legendary status but no also on the real tip uh thank you for those that continue to listen uh with an attentive air uh we really appreciate you we could not do this without you um and we're gonna keep continuing and making a commitment to bring out some dope content now we got some really dope content ideas lined up uh for the next few episodes so uh definitely keep spreading the word encouraging uh your friends and family to listen let us know let them know that this is a black renaissance podcast where we centralize black spirit um, and we all about black people being free, which means determining our own destiny on our own terms and not giving a damn what anyone else has to say or think about it. Please review, folks. Please review. Leave a review, please. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yo, uh, so it seems like, yeah, most of the listenership is coming through Apple now, right? So, yeah, yeah, please, folks, please, if you are listening on Apple, we know you're listening. We appreciate you. We love you. Please continue to give us a five-star rating and leave a brief review. We ain't got to be long, you know few sentences leave a review that's all we asking for folks chris you got anything else for the folks i say them with that jazz okay yes yeah, so uh this episode the white devil um we are going to end off with a song called the crave by jelly roll morton now jelly roll morton was a legendary piano player um he was a creole brother that was famous for the new orleans style of jazz and jelly roll morton like you gotta love if anyone is the times when i'm having trouble with uh dealing with self-esteem and self-confidence i think about jelly roll morton who the brother was so gifted and confident in his piano playing abilities and his abilities as a jazz composer he would literally walk around telling people that he invented jazz so whenever you have a problem being confident in yourself and confident in your abilities and you think maybe you're being 
too brash or you need to humble yourself, I promise you, you are not being as arrogant or as confident in yourself as Jelly Roll Morton, who according to some legends, would walk into speakeasies and be like, nigga, get up off the piano, I invented jazz, and proceed to play. So, here we go, The Crave by Jelly Roll Morton, Speakeasy Black Red Podcast. Thank you.